Trust you found your place in the book of Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, and I'll be reading from verse 12 down to verse 25. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, and verse number 12, for the preaching of God's word. The Bible says, Now when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light, and to them which sat in the region of and shadow of death is light sprung up. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought unto him all sick people that were taken with diverse diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those which were lunatic and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. And there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee and from Decapolis and from Jerusalem, from Judea and from beyond Jordan. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace, for your mercy, your love extended towards us. Lord, were it not for your grace, where would we be? But we are grateful, dear Lord, for it. And we are thankful for the great salvation that we have as a result of it. And I pray tonight, dear Lord, as your word goes forth, that you would continue to challenge our hearts and to strengthen us in this walk with you, dear Lord. I thank you for your precious word and how you use it time after time to gird us up and to convict us where that's needed and to guide us into your will and purpose for our lives. Pray that you would use it tonight once again in a special way. And if there's someone under the sound of my voice who does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, may that one receive your word with gladness and know the joys of sin forgiven. I pray for every believer that each one would be challenged and strengthened to take a closer walk with you. Give me the words you'll have me to say. Cleanse me of sin and to me of self. Fill me with your precious Holy Spirit that I may preach what thus said the Lord. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. You may be seated. There's a phrase to break the mold that means to not do what is conventional, what is normal, what is expected. And this phrase, I believe, its origins comes from the actions of a, a potter who makes a mold, if you will, to make vessels in the same shape, 
same size, to make that consistent vessel repeatedly without having to shape it over and over. So he or she makes a mold for that vessel. However, after some time, the potter decides it's time to change things up. So he or she breaks the mold and a different product is created than the previously established convention. One of the things that has happened over the years in ministry endeavors is based on observation that ministry activity has, I believe, gotten placed in molds. These molds have caused churches to have gotten stuck. Stuck in doing things the same way for decades, even when it is clear that that activity or that approach is no longer effective or not even working at all. Yet what's even more alarming is that when compared to scripture, the activities that we get stuck in are not really based on scriptural principles nor are relevant and taking into consideration the society in which we live. I believe that a wonderful ministry to pattern is that of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is because he is the all-knowing and divine God who dwelt among us and he ministered to people. And I, I don't have to jump out on a limb to say Jesus, the, the God of the universe coming to this earth, I, he ministered effectively. Amen? And it's with this thrust, this thought in mind that God has been working on my heart for some time. I felt led to begin this series of entitled, A Ministry to Pattern. A Ministry to Pattern. You see, my friends, as Jesus ministered effectively, he also wants his ambassadors, those who he has left here, to continue the work of building the kingdom to also minister to people effectively. But if we are going to do so, we are going to have to break some molds. We're going to have to get out of some common conventions that we've gotten accustomed to. You say, Pastor, that sounds a little radical. Well, my friend, when you read the Gospels, you pay close attention to what Jesus did when Jesus came to this earth and began his earthly ministry, Jesus broke the mold. He didn't do what was always done. He didn't do what was expected. That's why he was attacked by the religious crowd. That's ultimately why he was nailed to a cross. They didn't like the fact that Jesus broke the mold. They didn't like the fact that Jesus did not go with their common conventional activities. And as a result, he was getting too large a following. So tonight I want to preach a message 
surrounding this theme entitled Breaking the Ministry Mold. Breaking the Ministry Mold. We'll see from the very beginning in chapter 4 when Jesus began his ministry that he approached things differently. And he made an impact that changed the course of history for all humanity. Now tonight we'll look at four areas of, of observation beginning with, notice, the place of ministry. I want us to look at these verses and I want you to understand where Jesus chose to minister. In doing so, he broke the mold. Look at verse number 12. The Bible says, when Jesus had heard that John was cast into prison, he departed into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum which is upon the seacoast in the borders of Zabulon and Naphtali. Now you might think, what, what, what is unconventional about this? You see, Jesus moved from Capernaum or to Capernaum close to the seaside of Galilee. Now I want us to look on the screen and to see a, a map of what was called Palestine at the time. And I want you to, I don't know if we can zoom in a little bit here, but I want you to see the proximity of where Jesus chose to set up his ministry compared to where the religious centers of the land were located. Now, if you look at this map and you scroll and you look close in the area of Judah, these are provinces, you would notice that Jerusalem of course, the capital city, the religious center, the economic center, is there in the province of Judea. That's where the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the who's who, they were located. Jesus did not go to where they were, but he went, scroll up on the screen, to the outskirts. Can you scroll it down, Alex? Okay, down, well, in the other direction. Up, right? Up, up further. Up, okay. You see that province of Galilee? You see Capernaum, where Capernaum is? That's right there on the border of the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus didn't decide to go to where everybody expected, where the religious gurus so called would be. He decided to move to the location where on the outskirts. You ever hear folks say, boy, those people, they live behind God back? This would be where the, the Pharisees would say, oh, they live in Galilee, Capernaum, but that's behind God's back. Yeah, remember that statement? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was also in the province of Galilee. And Jesus, rather than even moving further south, moves further north, away from them. Why would he go and minister there? After all, that's where the uneducated people are. That's where the poor people are. You're going to that village? That, that, that rough part of town? 
Let's bring this closer to home. I mean, you, you mean to tell me you're going you're gonna to go share the gospel in that rough neighborhood? And they got rum shops on every corner. It's dirty. It's run down. But Jesus broke the mold. He went completely on the opposite side of town. And my friend, if we're going to effectively minister to people, we're going to have to be willing to go to some unexpected and even uncomfortable places to reach people. Jesus went there. You know that wherever people are is a place for ministry. It doesn't matter if they're in the rich neighborhood, the poor neighborhood. It doesn't matter matter where they are. They are people for whom Christ died. We see the place of ministry. Jesus breaking the mold. But I want you to notice secondly tonight the purpose of ministry. Look at verse number 17. The Bible says, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. My friend, when it comes to ministry, Jesus preached repentance. The message of Jesus was not. This is not a time for a set of religious rules, a a long list of do's and don'ts. If we understand the time in which Jesus was ministering, this was the age of the law. This was the time when the Pharisees themselves, these religious leaders, took the law to another level that God himself did not even prescribe. They had people in bondage implementing rules that God didn't uphold in order to promote so-called spirituality. Jesus came on the scene and was saying to them, listen, we have these long list of rules gotten you. You're so caught up in religious activity that you've forgotten about repentance. Remember the story that Jesus told about the Pharisee who was praying and he was Toting all of his good deeds. And I pray and I fast. Three times a day I pray. And God I am such a wonderful person. And you had this publican. Who didn't even as much look up. And smote his breast and said. Lord be merciful to me a sinner. Jesus was focused on the message of repentance. He said to these Pharisees, listen, you are like whited sepulchers. Inside, you are outside, you are white and you're looking wonderful. But inside, you are like dead men's bones. Wow. You see, my friend, when it comes to ministry, ministry is not about making ourselves feel good or even making everyone around us feel to feel good. Ministry is about encouraging people to turn away from sin and to repent. You say, why is repentance such a key to ministry? My friend, repentance will always be vital to ministry activity because sin is what put Jesus on the cross. 
And this is a mold that we're going to have to be willing to, to break. You're seeing a trend in ministry that, listen, it has now become a place to soothe, to pamper, to entertain. You need to make me feel comfortable. My friend, nothing is wrong with being comfortable, but we surely ought not to be comfortable in sin. You say, why are people not to be comfortable in sin? Because when you're comfortable in anything, you don't change. Listen, if you're made comfortable, you're going to stay exactly where you are. But the purpose of ministry is to bring about repentance. That's what makes ministry effective. Jesus came preaching the message of repentance. Repentance. Listen, I've come. I'm not to condemn, uh, but I'm here that you might have life. I might even have it more abundantly. And the way to have life more abundantly, my friend, is to turn away from sin. Jesus broke the mold. And so we see the purpose of ministry. We see in the place of ministry. But notice the people to whom he ministered. The people. You see this woven throughout the Gospels. Jesus interacted with publicans and sinners and and, and the Gentiles, those who would be called the heathen. If you observe you would notice that most of the people who Jesus called by way of the disciples were who we would call nondescript. Poor folks. They themselves, most of them were called in that same very region of Galilee. Those would be the ones who would take the message and turn the world upside down. They did not come from from Jerusalem. They did not come from the religious centers. They came from Podunk Town in Galilee. That's why on the day of Pentecost, they said, wait, who are these folks? I mean, these are unlearned and ignorant men. They didn't mean ignorant like how we say, boy, he's real ignorant, bad boy. He meant ignorant that they were uneducated, unlearned. I mean, these people from Galilee, how oh, they know all these languages? What's, they didn't go to any school. But God did something in their lives. And even though they were from Galilee, even though they were from Capernaum, God used them in a special way. Listen, God can use anybody. If we're going to change and break the mold of ministry, we are not to try to size up people before God has even touched their hearts. Jesus called fishermen. I mean, their vocabulary, vocabulary was not the best. And I'm not talking about grammatical considerations. I'm talking about 
other descriptive words. Those are the ones he called. He called tax collectors. These are the most hated people in society. Listen, they, they, they tax their own people on behalf of the Roman government. And Jesus would have that caliber of people to be called his disciple. Matthew. And Jesus would decide to live right on the border of Israel and Gentile territory. You notice where Jesus moved to Capernaum is right on the coast of Galilee. And then on the other side of Galilee, you have Syria and Decapolis. Those were Gentile territory. So here he is going to a location with, that, is, that is mixed with, with, with the heathen. Man, you're interacting with those people. We don't have anything to do with them. They don't know God. That Gentile area of Decapolis, those of you who do physics and math, Deca is a prefix meaning what? Ten. Polis is a word that means city. See the word metropolis? Decapolis, that was an area of 10 city-states that were loosely connected and formed an association. That's Greek territory. And Jesus set up his center, his headquarters for ministry right on the border where he would interact with both Jews and Gentiles. Look at verse number 15. The land of Zabulon and the land of Naphtali, by way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the what? Gentiles. Look at verse number 16. The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region on shadow of death, light is sprung up. Listen, Jesus went to those who were in the dark of the darkness. The darkest of the dark. And that great light sprung up. Why? The darker the night, the brighter the light. You know, on a night when it is so dark, that's when you see the stars most clearly. You know, sometimes the reason why people don't see Christ, why they don't see a need for him, they have this false perception that they're surrounded by light. They're too religious for their own good. Oh, I'm good. I mean, I've been going to church all my life. And are so blinded by religiosity that they cannot see the light of the Lord Jesus. When he came to ministering to people, Jesus broke the mold. But notice, finally, the process of ministry. The process 
of ministry. The Bible says, and Jesus went about all Galilee, in verse number 23, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of, of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Now, what did Jesus do that broke the mold? Jesus merged meeting the, the physical needs of people uh, along with the spiritual. And my friend, here's what we must do when it comes to breaking the mold is that we must get out of our comfort zones and minister and interact and engage with people if we're going to win them for the Lord. We have to make a human connection. We have to be interested in what's happening with people. Their concerns have to be our concerns. I'm not suggesting that we'll be able to solve everybody's problem because that's not possible. But we ought to interact with them and show concern for their problem in order to help them turn to the one who can solve every problem. And here's the amazing thing about Jesus as I observe his ministry, that Jesus, the all-knowing God, the omniscient God, wasn't worried about how many of them were going to respond positively to his message. He wasn't even concerned about how many of them would respond even though he was healing the sick, raising the dead, I mean, causing the blind to see. He already knew those who would reject him, yet he ministered to their needs anyway. You know what we would have done? Listen, I already know you're going to turn back, so forget you. You're going to stay blind. You continue in a blindness, because I know even after you get sight, you're still going to not follow me, so let's not waste our healing on you. Isn't that what we do? He ministered to them anyway. And the Bible said there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee. And look at that. From Decapolis. From Jerusalem. They came even from the religious center in Jerusalem. From Judea and from beyond Jordan. Why? There was something different about him. There was something unique. He spoke like the others had never spoken. He did what the others were not doing. And as a result, he ministered effectively. And I trust that as we continue to observe the ministry of the Lord, that we would truly embrace what he did and incorporate his mindset into what we do. Listen, we are all guilty. This speaks to me as much as anyone. It's easy to get stuck in a rut. It's easy to do what has always been done. But if we're going to effectively minister, what better ministry to model? What better ministry to pattern than that of the Lord 
Jesus Christ. Let's break the mold. Let's break some molds. Let's be willing to go to some places that we've never been. As small as Nevis is, there's some places that we have never been by way of ministry. Can you imagine that? Let's interact with people. Let's talk to people. How are we going to win them if you don't talk to them? It doesn't matter what they've done. No matter what anyone has done, they all need Jesus. We all need Jesus. And for those of us who know him, and those of us who have him, let's recognize the great responsibility that we have to share him with others. On your job, at school, be willing to reach out to that classmate, that schoolmate who no one has reached out to. Make a difference. Initiate a conversation. Do something radical, something different, and you will be amazed to see the impact that that can have on the lives of people. Let's break the mold and let's be willing to pattern the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ.